You're listening to 360 Degrees, the podcast from the University of Southampton's Development and Alumni Relations team with me, Emily Harrison. In this episode, we're celebrating Women in Engineering Month and we've got two fantastic alumni, Ragda and Elaine, to talk about their experiences as women in the industry. I hope you enjoy. So, Ragda and Elaine, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us for this special Women in Engineering episode. Do you want to start by introducing yourself to everybody listening? Hi, I'm Ragna Tile. I went to University of Southampton. I studied mechanical engineering. So I did the integrated master's in mechanical engineering with mechatronics. I graduated, what was it, Elaine, 2018? We graduated together. Oh, yeah. And I currently work in the sort of renewable energy sector. So I, work, I build basically and design solar farms, battery storage systems um, in the UK and abroad. So whether that's Europe or Ireland or Australia and so on and so forth. Um, before this, I used to work in the oil and gas industry. So I have a lot of experience there. And I worked offshore for a bit, which is a completely different environment that you wouldn't suspect or you wouldn't expect you know most women to go to so I have a lot of funny well kind of funny anecdotes there (laughs) but yeah that's a quick summary about me I guess and we'll talk more Elaine yeah um so same here like that I studied mechanical engineering in Southampton uh 2014 but I left at the VNG at 2017 to do a master's in bioengineering also at Southampton but we did graduate technically at this in the same year, 2018, just with a slightly different degree. And then I stayed on in Southampton to do my PhD in um, biomedical imaging, which I've just finished. Congratulations. <laughs> Thanks. I work as a research software engineer at the Rosalind Franklin Institute uh, in Oxford. And I basically write software to turn microscope images into things that we can understand. Amazing. And... Um, I guess my first question is I'm just really intrigued to how you both got to where you are now. Like what first started you being interested in engineering? Was it something that you were always interested in, um, you know, as a child? Or was it something that you kind of stumbled into a bit later in life? Like how did you decide that you wanted to do your mechanical engineering degrees? I think for me, I wanted to do biomedical engineering Um I stumbled upon it at some point uh, in my A-levels and thought it would be really fun to use engineering knowledge to solve healthcare problems. And Southampton did a really good mechanical engineering with biomedical engineering as a kind of theme that you could do, same as what Ragda has done with mechatronics, I guess. And so that's why I decided that I wanted to do mechanical engineering because it gives you the good engineering principles foundation to get into lots of other themes so biomedical engineering but also all the other themes that you can do I think there's like a lot I don't remember how many yeah I think I have a very similar experience so ever since I was young I was sort of very interested in how things are built or made or designed I always really liked these things and then I guess it's true like when you go through a levels in high school you sort of see a little bit more into it um you see that you like maths, but you also like the physics and your brain also works in terms of how are things being built and how do they come together. And then I think I went to do mechanical engineering more and then decided to specialize in my master's because as, as Elaine said, mechanical engineering is the baseline. It's the foundation of which you can, you get the engineering thinking rather than narrow your viewpoint from the beginning, which is not a bad thing at all to do that or this. 
months, but it's just depending, I guess, on what you want to do in the future. And I wanted to do sort of first mechanical, get to know the basics, understand uh, the basics of how everything is designed, built, and then from there, specialize a little bit further. And that's how I ended up doing mechatronics. But as Elaine said, you can do biomedical, you can do aeronautics, you can do sustainable energy. So sort of this, this is the sky's the limit. You can start doing engineering, like mechanical engineering, and then decide that you like the engineering management side of it. So you specialize in management. So it was sort of like a course that does everything and helps you sort of see where you want to be in the future. Really interesting. And what were your experiences when you got to university and you started your degree? Was it something that you know, was exactly like you thought it was going to be? Or did it end up being completely different to what you thought it was going to be? Because we did an episode, a women in engineering episode last year, and it was really interesting to talk to some people who, you know, started doing their engineering degree, and actually it ended up being quite different to what they they thought it would be. And some people said the opposite and thought, yeah, it's exactly what I thought. And it was perfect. And it's everything that I wanted. So what was that experience like for you both? Something that I learned quite early on, which I didn't expect when I started, was that engineering is a lot more about the way of thinking and the way of breaking down problems into smaller problems that you can solve incrementally. That systematic way of thinking is what makes you a good engineer rather than how good you are at maths and physics because you can always Google these things. It's the way of thinking that was really important and that was, I think that was something that I learned earlier I guess which made me not as stressed out about the technical details I think as I went along. Yeah I completely agree with Elaine I think when when you're going into university you expect it to be more of like the physics and the maths that you do in A-levels and then you go in and you realize that actually the physics and the maths are like not the most important thing in engineering because you start to have this engineering mindset of how to fix problems how to deal with things how to think about things how do things come together So it's a lot more of like an engineering mindset rather than an engineering knowledge. Because at the end of the day, once you graduate, you realize that whatever job you go to, you learn so much going into the job that, you know, you might have studied a bit of it in university, but more likely than not, you're actually learning on the job. And if you don't have that sort of engineering mindset, that's when you like your brain freezes over and you're like, oh my God, I don't know anything. But in reality, you do know, you do know how to fix this. It doesn't matter whether it's, uh, I don't know, whether it's a machine or whether you're designing a solar farm or whether you're building a biomedical device or whether you're doing software engineering, no matter what you do in engineering, as long as you have that basic mindset, you're good. And I like that the university sort of puts that in you from the very beginning. So like, I don't know if you remember Elaine, but like the first two weeks we had, we had different sort of um, group projects to do where you had to like build different things. And and I remember going into it and being like, wait a minute, I, I don't know this. Like, this is my first week in engineering. How do you expect me to do something like that? But they kind of throw you into the deep end to tell you it's not the knowledge, it's the mindset. And I love that. That's so interesting. And so... Throughout your degree, obviously, that's helping you decide what you want to go on and do as a career. How was that transition coming out, you know, graduating from university, going into the working world? Like, did you find that that was different than expected or harder or easier? Or what what was what did you learn from transitioning into the working world? I think it depends a lot. When you finish university, you start to realize that it depends a lot on the situation you're in. So like, for example, I was an international student. So like, I kind of had to find a job in the UK. And you start looking at things and 
I think as a graduate, once you graduate, you think that whatever you go into, this is it, you're set for life, or this is what you have to do forever. And this is a huge decision that you have to make. Sort of the same decision when you're in high school and you're like, what do I study? So you always feel like there's this big decisions when you don't actually realize that as long as you get experience in an engineering field, that's really all that matters for the first couple of years. And that you should, I would stress a lot about it. But now in hindsight, I was like, I should have taken it a little bit more lightly. Um, definitely, I should like apply to jobs. I'm not saying you should you should sit down and do nothing. Uh, my point is you should just kind of like take it a li- little less stressfully and just understand that like experience is experience and you will learn what you want to do when you start doing it. And it's very different learning about something in university and then actually going into real life and doing it. Um, you might think that you love to code, but then when you go to code, you think it's you know boring your mind or the opposite is true. You might want to design, but then when you leave, you're like, oh, design is not what I'm at. So the thing you've got to do is just go for it. Do it. Go find a job, start working and see where that takes you. And opportunity brings opportunities and just, you know, not go with the flow, but at the same time, not go against it, kind of. <laughs> I don't know if that makes sense. That does make sense. I completely agree. Like, I I think if you asked me and if you told me in first year what I'm doing now, I wouldn't even know how to begin or like kind of, I wouldn't even know that my job existed. But yeah, I think as you do graduate, you kind of discover new things that you might be interested in and then you kind of get into it. And there's always skills that are transferable as well. Things like when you're in your degree, working in teams uh, is really important and, you know, communicating your work to a variety of audiences is also really important. And that's the kind of skills that you get out of university that I feel like it's a bit underrated. People don't put enough emphasis on it. Yeah, definitely. And they're very important soft skills in in, in life, in real life. Um, because at the end of the day, you could be doing a great job, but as long as you can't explain what you're doing or show what you're doing, then no one will really understand. And the same thing, you could be you know great at doing something on your own, but you need to realize that there's no job that is done on its own. You have a team, you do different things, you help each other, you grow together. So um, I think the university really puts that in your mind when you have to do different projects with your teammates when they put you teams that that you choose or not choose so you get to work in like both environments and also I think it also gets you used to um, knowing that when you work with different people some people especially as like a woman in engineering some people are going to be extremely useful extremely helpful and happy to help um, and some other people are just not and that's just life and you have to get used to it and you have to know how to deal with it. And you have to understand that there's nothing, it's nothing against you. It's just the way it is. So you shouldn't like take it personally and you should just sort of grow um, in this occasion or in this opportunity. Yeah. And that leads me so nicely onto my next question, which is obviously this is an episode all about being a woman in engineering. So how do you both feel that, you know, have you had any experiences, positive or negative, that you think are directly related to you being a woman? Like, do you, do you notice that you're, you know, like treated any differently or think you've had different experiences to any of like your male colleagues or friends that have gone into the industry or anything like that? Doesn't Not necessarily in a negative way, but I think it's quite interesting for, you know, women that are thinking about me going into this field to kind of have an insight into you know, what the reality is as a woman in engineering. I don't know if you remember, Radha, but in 
maybe like first year at the end, we did this work, practical workshop. We went to City College to learn a bunch of engineering skills, so making stuff. And if you are a woman in that course, you had it so much easier than the men because they were literally like all the technicians are ready to help you. So they, yeah, I feel like I had it a lot easier than my male colleagues in that sense because they were looking out first. But also there were things which are slightly annoying. Like I am a small person. So there are, in some cases, there weren't like overalls or PPE that fit me. They were all huge on me. And like, for example, when they were ordering in safety boots for everyone, like my shoe size was the smallest that they actually had. And I had a friend who had even smaller feet who had to just make do with bigger shoes because they just don't order them in our size. So that's kind of like slightly more practical things that little things that do add up to being slightly annoying. But overall, I've had a good experience. There were good experiences and bad experiences. I mean, I worked in the oil and gas industry, so I guess I was a bit on the far side, on the other side of things. During university, as you said, like I felt like everybody was happy to help. Maybe in the beginning, you kind of a little bit had to prove yourself. Like you had to, if you're in a group project, you had to be like, no, I think this is the way we should do it. Or this is, you sort of had to show that you actually have the the right or you you know you have not the right because the right is not really the right word but that you know you deserve to be here that you know you have the mindset you have everything to be here um and I think that was like sort of first year university but then you work with the same people or you work with different people and they get to know you and you're more comfortable in I guess in, in your knowledge and in your experience and so it gets easier when I went to the like oil and gas industry when I worked offshore I saw both sides. Like I saw people are extremely happy to help me because I'm a woman. So I got like positive sexism, if you want to call it that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they wanted to help me and it was easier for me to do certain things. Um, and I got the other side thing and I disagree with one of them. If I tell them I disagree because of one to three, one to three, they would look at me and they would be like, mm, but you're like a tiny female like what are you talking about and in that case you kind of had to be like no you should listen to me this is one two three four and usually they would realize their mistake and then you know they would understand that this is not okay but you know there were certain certain circumstances where you sort of have to put your feet down and have to be like no you know what this is I believe in this this is the way we should do it and then I guess just like Elaine said it's kind of like a small things like I remember when I was on one of the offshore rigs there wasn't sort of any like sanitary bins or any like female products or any of these kind of stuff which yeah they're important but some people just don't think about them I guess if you're in a sort of male dominated industry but then you also get to go to other rigs where they have all these things and they actually talk to you about it once you you know join the rig so there there's this and that and I could see as time passes and the more different offshore places that I go to, the more they're taking this into consideration, the more they're realizing that there's females offshore, that there are certain things that they need to provide for us and uh, need to help us with. So I do believe the industry is definitely moving towards being more female friendly. But the reason it is, and this is the point where I tell everybody, like, if you want to be an engineer and you're a female, do it. Because you're not only doing it for yourself, you're doing it for all the girls and all the females coming after you because you're leading the way definitely like the rig that I went to that didn't have any sort of female products or whatever when I went and I spoke to them about it or when I discussed for example that they have a certain 
tool or machine that I couldn't reach because it's too high or I couldn't, whatever the situation is, because I told them that they took into consideration. So the next person who went, the next female who went, didn't have my same issue. So I always feel like if anything bad happens to me or if I'm subjected to any sort of negativeness towards me being a female engineer, that I'm paving the way for future women to not go through the same thing. Um, and that kind of gives me strength, I think, um, to, to do it. I work for like three different companies and I feel like the company that has female managers or female executives or whatever, uh, you realize that they're a lot more inclusive so it goes back to the point of like you're paving the way for the future. So do not hold back and do it, basically. It sounds quite similar to another podcast I did was Women in Science. And like there were a few women on there talking about what sounds like a similar experience of just, you know, mm-hmm. having to be a little bit louder and a little bit more assertive with your opinions because just from a practical point of view, if you're in, you know, the sole female or one of the few females in a room full of men, they are just physically bigger physically higher. and their voices are <laughs> louder. And like on, on, on a yeah, on a on a on a biological level, like they're bigger and they are louder and their voices are deeper and can be heard better. And so as a woman you have to like literally speak up and be louder and be a bit more insert assertive with what you have to say but also in from like that kind of not overt sexism but that kind of like you know passive sexism the the kind of like micro aggressions that people don't realize is is that you know figuratively speaking up and like when you have those knockbacks of oh there there are no sanitary products or you know this thing is put too high so I can't reach it or there's not the equipment that fits me not being scared to say something because like you say Ragda then you're helping pave the way for for future people so don't feel like it's a knockback at you personally and, and not being afraid to speak up and say something about it. I mean personally I've had a brilliant experience with working with all of my colleagues in the career I've had so far, the worst discrimination that I might have faced as being a woman in engineering was actually from someone who was outside engineering because he had no exposure to how women can be good at engineering, just as good as men are. And, you know, he would, he would say things to me, uh, well, he was my colleague at my part-time job. And so he would say things like, oh, you shouldn't be doing a PhD in engineering. You're taking the space away from a man who could have done so much better than you. I mean, he was reported to HR. It was fine. And, you know, it, it was mainly because he had never met a woman engineer and he it didn't occur to him that women could be just as good as engineering. And I guess when you think about representation, I can count on like one hand the number of female um, engineers that I've worked with in academia. Um, in the kind of small like field that I was in. And if there are so few women kind of in the higher up positions, I guess that's why people always think that, oh, women aren't like good at engineering because we're not represented at that stage enough. But hopefully that's changing, you know, as we get a bit older and it becomes a lot more, you know, ex- socially acceptable to see women in leadership positions in engineering. Yeah. I also think there's a lot of concentration over women in tech lately. And it's 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 quite amazing. Almost every company that I worked for, they had sort of women in engineering conferences. They would go speak to universities or to schools or even secondary schools to tell them, hey, listen, I'm, I'm a female engineer and I do this, this, and that, you know. 
Um, and I love that. I love this initiative and I love that it's something that you're doing and it's it's become sort of the norm for you to go to a woman in engineering conference now. So it's it's quite amazing. And honestly, as Elaine said, most of the issues that you would get or most of the sort of, you know, sexism that you would get isn't from people in the industry. Um, that's not saying that you won't get any. It's just, <laughs> it's just that most of them are actually people who who didn't come across people like you or didn't come across females in, in their school or university. Sometimes it's also people from different cultures that you kind of have to understand that they haven't seen it. Um, doesn't make it okay, but it also like, it, it helps you understand that it's not really a personal thing at all. And, and, and most people are happy to realize their mistake or to realize their what they're thinking when you talk to them about it. Um, and I think that's sort of what we need to do as women in engineering is to come out and talk to people and explain to people and kind of um, just share the awareness and also like inspire women to be like, listen, if you want to be an engineer, do it. If you want to be, I don't know, a doctor, do it. If you want to be whatever you want to do, even if it's the weirdest or the most awesome or crazy thing you can think of, if you want to do it, do it full stop, you know? And I'm really interested in hearing like a little bit about how your experiences have differed because you know you said that you'd worked in oil and gas you worked in renewable you worked in offshore like from just a job perspective how did those kind of differ from each other I think office jobs is a lot more let's say female friendly in terms of like hiring um, when you go to the oil and gas and you go offshore it's a bit more rare let's say to, to do something like that and no I, I understand where that that thought might come from because you're going to an environment that is not the most comfortable environment but that does not mean that you don't want to do it or that does not mean that you can't do it and I think there's a lot of like there are a lot of people offshore when I tell them that I worked offshore they actually there's a bit of respect that they're like okay yeah like it's they look at you and they're like, okay, nice. Like, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're pushing for that. Like, I remember I met someone who was offshore who was telling me about his daughter who wants to do something like that. Um, and it's quite inspiring to, to hear things like that. It's definitely a harsher environment and it is a lot to take mentally, physically, psychologically, but it's for both men and women the same. If you go to a man and you you know you take him, most likely he won't want to work. We won't want to live offshore. Some people would want to. Same thing with the woman. So it's not really sort of like a sex thing. It's just a a life preference thing. But still, the company that I worked for, they had like women in engineering conferences. There was a lot of women like in the the year that I went, and there was a lot of women along with me. I didn't feel like I was alone. Let's say so. It was, it was a good experience, to be fair. But then again, it was in the UK. It's a bit different when you work offshore in different countries. And that's just the reality of the situation. But it's the same if you work any other job in any other country. There's always going to be differences and there are pros and cons. And you kind of have to take them as that. Elaine, do you have any advice for people that might want to do what you've done and follow into the academia field? I did a PhD, and but I'm not in a pure academic research career. And so, yeah, I'm not going to be a professor or anything like that. But kind of my advice would be if you, yeah, same as Rocco said, if you want to do it, then if you put your mind to it, you can. There are always going to be barriers and challenges, but that's the same for men and women, just a few more challenges for women than men. 
I'd also say that seek out, if you can and have access to them, seek out other people who have done it before. And, you know, that's becoming a lot more common. So having female mentors to speak to is really, really helpful and important. But, you know, it's not always available. But also, you know, men can be very, very good allies as well and very supportive. I mean, all of my... Yeah, all, all of the all of my supervisors in all of my research projects have been men. And but they have been super supportive. And you know, it's the little things like even in meetings where if I have something to say, if I unmute myself, for example, then and no one notices, then they they are the ones who are likely to say, like, oh, Elaine has something to say about this, or they would kind of ask my opinion about things in group settings, which kind of helps compensate for women being a like I guess softer or a bit like more soft-spoken which means that it's less effort on me to have to be loud I guess I have colleagues who will help and advocate for me amazing Thank you so much again to Elaine and Ragda for coming on to this episode of the podcast. It was so interesting to get their insight into what their experiences are like as a woman in this industry and I hope you've enjoyed listening. This will be our last episode for the academic year but we'll see you for a whole new series in October. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. <laughs>